0: I'm Maz Jobrani and this is Time and Again, a podcast series for LACMA. As you've heard in previous episodes, this series is inspired by an exhibition at LACMA called In the Fields of Empty Days, the Intersection of Past and Present in Iranian Art. In this episode, we continue our discussion of the Shahnameh or Book of Kings. It is a brilliant, epic poem created by the Persian poet Ferdowsi in the 11th century. It is full of epic tales of war and love and loss. We will discuss some of the heroes of the Shahnameh, especially the most famous one, the one so many people identify, Rostam. Let's go deeper into some of these entertaining stories and flawed characters.
1: Masumeh Farhad from the Freer and Sackler Galleries earlier compared the Shahnameh to the Game of Thrones. So let's play another clip from Masumeh. I remember hearing um, stories about Rostam, of
2: course, who is the great hero. I remember, again, hearing, you know, how he fought these demons. Um, and I always thought that was always so cool. Um, and whenever I misbehaved, I was told that those demons may come and visit me. So I better be, you know, be careful. And then, um, you, you know, heard about the good forces and the bad forces. And, you know, as a child, you're sort of just sort of fascinated by it. It has all these characters that are, I mean, they are larger than life. Um, They're very complex. They're complicated um, people. They have, everybody, everybody has flaws. They are, you know, they're heroes, but they have shortcomings. And I think that was always sort of Interesting to me. Even though it was a story and I knew it was an old story, they were sort of relevant and they were real.
0: So it's interesting because she talks about as a child and what it meant as a child and then what what it means as you grow older and understand the stories. And I'm going through it kind of right now again with my son. So I'm seeing it through his eyes, I'm seeing it through my eyes. And actually, Rustam is a big part of the Shah Nameh, and it's, a, and it's a story that most Iranians know. I knew about Rostam before I'd read the Shah because people tell you about Rostam. So let's dive a little bit deeper into Rostam's story if we, if we could.
1: Okay, well, he's someone I think we can relate to today because he was kind of a superhero. He had powers and abilities that ordinary Iranians didn't even from the time that he was born. He becomes Iran's greatest champion. He's descended from champions who have supported the Shah. Uh, they're known as um, uh, pahlavans. and this was they—they had their own kingdom that they ruled. But their main job was when Iran was in danger, the king would call them to his service, and they would show up,
0: kind of so, like Navy SEALs or something. Yeah, um,
1: <laughs> yeah, it's a nice way to think about uh, Rostam. So, um, let's see, Rustam has a number of obstacles that he overcomes, and, it, this, and here he's very similar to Hercules, with whom he's often compared. Hercules had seven labors, and Rustam has seven trials, one of which is killing this white div, uh, which is often very graphically illustrated in uh, manuscript
0: div is a, a devil. Yeah, Steve okay.
1: and it's a, it's a demon, someone, uh, a, a non-human entity that, mm. that does really bad stuff right. and doesn't look exactly humanoid either. So an interesting part of this story, which I think we can relate to today, is Rostam has a one-night stand, basically, with a, a princess named Tamine. And what's interesting about it is she's the initiator. He has temporarily lost his horse, Raksh, and she comes to his room at night and says, I'll help you find your horse. I know where he is, but you have to spend the night with me. Mm-hmm. And so he does. The next morning, as they're parting company, he gives her a keepsake, an armlet. And he says, if uh, a son should be born of our encounter, give this to him, and I might recognize him in in the future as he grows older. And so that, in fact, is what happens. Tamine gives birth to a son, whom she names Sorab, and he has the armlet. Unbeknownst to Rostam, the great hero of Turan, will become Sorab. And then there's an encounter that takes place. Now, Rostam knows that there's a, a young upstart hero named Sorab, but he hasn't seen him yet. And what happens is they are exchanging uh, words with one another. Their their armies are ready to meet. And they're yelling back and forth to one another insults. And then they they come to hand-to-hand car- combat. And Rostam slays Saurabh. But as Saurabh is dying, Sorab Rast- says to him, just wait till my father Rostam finds out that you've killed me. And that's when Rostam realizes that this is his son. And he confirms that by looking at what he's wearing on his arm. as. As would befit a legendary hero, Rostam obviously has a multifaceted personality. And what we think about most is that he kills his, his own son, but he also wins through trickery mm-hmm. as well. He's not above using magic to, to defeat his, his enemies, and he's not always a nice person uh, apart from killing his son let 's hear what artist Niki Najumi has to say about the Shahnameh, especially how he uses the character Rustam in his work.
3: as a teenager, I read a lot of uh, romance which has a lot of heroes in it, and later on I, when I became aware of society's conditions, uh, whether in Iran or United States, uh, the heroes is becoming something. Obsolete for me. I didn't want to think about it. I didn't. It's romanticized. If there is hero, you know, is romanticized to the point of not uh, being real. After revolution in, in in Iran, after what happened to the you know to our to Iranian uh, society with all the love for freedom and democracy and all these things that they fought for, we and we throughout. The, a dictator. She got another one worse than that, and this was part of it. Was because of that love for her heroism, that love for you know charismatic person that is powerful. You know, comes comes along and save everyone. I <clears throat> Rostam is again is the part of that charismatic powerful person that can nobody can touch him I did the I did a drawing that he's standing um, in front of the the mirror but nothing is in the mirror
0: Nikki here is talking about how the hero uh, has let him down. Correct? It's almost like your heroes will let you down because you you love them, you put them on a pedestal and yet they don't save you. Right?
1: Right. Will you 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 count on them for something and they don't necessarily deliver. And I think by Rostom not having a reflection in the mirror shows that he it doesn't really have the kind of substance that Nikki was hoping he might have. And that conveys how he let, him, he let him down. He's invisible. He just doesn't exist on the level that he had thought he might exist as, as a hero.
0: And I'll be honest, that's what's amazing about art in general and this artwork that you see at your exhibition there at LACMA is that there's so many stories within the art and then there's so many interpretations that the artist or an individual can take away from the art. And I think um, what Nikki talks about is one of those things. And I guess the question is, how do normal, everyday people relate to heroes? What's the role of our heroes these days?
1: I actually asked uh, Homa Sarshar this question, is what are the roles of heroes today? And this is what she said.
4: Talking about heroes, I think that in all the countries and all uh, countries with old history, at some point they needed to have this kind of uh, heroes for their history or create them or talk about them. But at some point also they, uh, they reach a point that for living these days in, uh, in this world now, uh, having heroes and just relying to heroes um, are not something that is very uh, acceptable or very positive. Sometimes also it doesn't it doesn't work into your benefit uh, having heroes and looking up to heroes. These days you hear so many people talking about we need somebody like Reza Shah, uh, the the late father of uh, the, the, the the last uh, king of Iran, to become and be strong and uh, uh, do everything for us and to go back to our old uh, glorious past. So thinking of this just doesn't give you the power and the, um, the strength to, to rely on yourself uh, instead of relying to one person to liberate you or to uh, bring the country back, the glory of the past back to you. So uh, it's good to have it in stories, to uh, read the stories to kids. And they said this was our past. But for these days, for today's, for this time, we don't need one hero. We need a lot of heroes.
1: I asked that same question of Tehran-based artist Siamak
2: Felizadeh. To tell you the truth, nothing really comes to mind when I hear the term hero. For me, heroes are just figments of the imagination, man-made creations. They, the heroes, are created to bring us something to cling to, or to act as the manifestation of our ultimate aspirations. And sometimes their existence can come to an end. They actually have an expiration date. When their time is over, they vanish from the memory of the masses. They simply are made to make our greatest wishes come true. Otherwise, I do not believe that this idea really fits into reality. For me, the real heroes are the ones that you see in your real life. The heroes mentioned here, like Rostam, or let's say any other such heroic figures, are just stories.
4: Are
0: there female heroes in the Shahnameh.
1: There's unfortunately just one warrior who's a woman in the Shahnameh, and this is Gorda Farid. Gorda Farid's father rules the kingdom that's on the border between Iran and Turan. And Turan is essentially Central Asia, but it's also Iran's traditional enemy. And the Turanian troops are massing on the border. There's no hero to lead the Iranian army at that particular moment. Uh, and so what happens is Gurdha Farid dresses up in armor, and she leads her father's contingent of the army while they wait for more reinforcements to come from, from further west. And here we're skipping backwards in time because the the hero who's leading the Turanian army is Sorab. And she decides to engage in hand-to-hand combat with him. She wants to drag the battle out as long as possible because she knows they don't have the troops at that moment, they're waiting for reinforcements to come. So she challenges Sorab to single combat, and she also knows she can't win against him. But she knows that she's smart, and so she uses her, her brains as opposed to mere brute strength. What happens during the course of their hand-to-hand combat, he reaches over and grabs off her, her helmet, probably looking for something to grab rather than to expose her head, and he sees that she has long braids, that she's, she's a woman, and he also falls in love with her on the spot. And she takes advantage of that. She wants to get away. She wants to get back to her father's fortress where she'll be safe and where her army can, can retreat while the Iranian troops that are coming from further west can come and, and deal with the Tehranian army. So she keeps riding away from Sorab. He's chasing after her, thinking that it's not a battle anymore. It's, he's just pursuing... A beautiful woman, and so she makes it back to her father's fortress, and he realizes he's been tricked. And she goes to the tower from at the top, and she hurls insults at him as well as predicting his uh, unfortunate death, which will happen then uh, when he meets his his father Rostam.
0: Wow, that's amazing! You know, as you were talking about that, it really um, took me right back to Game of Thrones. There's a female warrior. That falls in love with Jon Snow and he falls in love with her. So, again, it just goes ba- This all goes back to Game of Thrones. I think this is all Game of Thrones, um, or Game of Thrones goes back to the Shahnameh, we should say. Um, as an Iranian, I will take credit for Game of Thrones because we like to take credit for everything. I'm excited about this. I- I'd like to dive deeper into the art in our next episode. Thank you to everyone who contributed their insights today. My partner in this journey, LACMA curator Linda Kamaroff, artist Siamak Filizadeh, artist Niki Najumi, journalist and activist Homo Shar, as well as curator at Freer Sackler Gallery, Masume Farhad. To hear more from this series, please visit LACMA.org podcasts. To listen to more episodes of Time and Again, go to iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. The series was produced for LACMA by Sound Made Public.